Welcome to another episode of our Inner Sparks Featured Stories. I am Lily Yen, your host of this podcast and founder of Our Inner Sparks Network, a network of ordinary women sharing our extraordinary stories. We need to acknowledge and celebrate women's successes. Let's do that together. Let's use these opportunities as ways to inspire and empower each other and others. Join me to discover, embody, and share our inner sparks. In this episode, you'll be meeting Jennifer. She's truly a role model in many ways to others in her life, whether it's on the social media, in her profession as a dedicated policewoman, or in her personal life, being a wonderful mother for her children. We have so much to talk about, some surprises instilled, and some tribute messages for our first responders in our communities. So come along, let's get right to it. Hi, Jen, how are you? I'm great, Lil, how's things going? <laughs> Good, welcome to our Inner Sparks. It's so exciting, I've been looking forward to this. Uh, lovely, me too. You and I know of each other for a while now because of a great sport of rugby league. There's a great story of yours in itself is a very inspiring one. So we'll definitely get into that later. Um, but we should really talk about some of the things that I found out more about you recently. I, I, and I discovered that you are in a very admirable profession and, uh, and there's a lot of amazing things that you're doing in your life. I would love to talk to you all about that. And uh, so let's get the conversation started. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. Give us a self-introduction of who Jen is, what Jen does for a living, and what is Jen passionate about in life? I am Jennifer. First and foremost, let's see, I have a mom. I've got two wonderful kids that are grown, a 21-year-old daughter and my 18-year-old son, who I'm super, super proud of uh, to see where their paths are starting to, to lead towards. I am a police officer currently and love what I do. And, but I think who I am is probably that girl that just wants to get up every day and celebrate the opportunity of having a new start, a new fresh start every day and make every day happy and fun. The last few years it's opened up to that to me. So it's been great. And what am I passionate about? I'm passionate about just being happy now and setting goals, things that I didn't know I could do, I'm able to do now. So yeah, I'm passionate about rugby. I'm passionate about my friends. I'm passionate about making sure that other women and other people, you know, see the potential that they have in their day and how I can help others in some way reach out to their greater potential and become better beings and happier with themselves. Maybe we can start with that one because uh, I've been seeing a lot of your recent posts on social media and I think it's been wonderful just to just to see what's actually happening. One in your life, you know, keeping yourself busy during these really difficult times uh, and keeping yourself active and motivated, like what you're saying. And Absolutely. two, I think what others' feedback's been, for me, when I see some of the posts that you've been posting, it's been helping me motivate myself to do that a little bit extra that I maybe haven't done yet, right? So yeah, t why don't you tell us a little bit more about some of the posts that you've been doing? What do you get out of it? And what do you think others get out of it? Uh, it's, it's actually been really interesting to see uh, the COVID-19 pandemic obviously has affected everybody in so many different ways. Um, as I'm a police officer, I still have to go to work. So my time routine hasn't changed. I still do my seven shifts and I have my time off. I do my other shifts and I have my time off. For me, in the last couple of years, being newly single and embracing my life in a different way, I was on a roll there and going to rugby and going out and seeing people and all the adventures I had were just phenomenal and it all came to an end. And when I was home in this COVID situation, my fitness, which has become super important to me over the last few years, I didn't know how I was going to maintain that. And it was still kind of cold out. The weather wasn't great. And, and I, I sat on the couch. And I thought, no, I can't stop. I, I have to do something to make myself accountable, get up every day and, and keep what I've gained and what I've earned and the goals that I've achieved with my physical fitness. So I started writing out with colorful pens because that's kind of my personality on just scraps of paper, my workout of the day. And for my own personal need, I started to post them on Instagram with a photo of myself or something just to say, okay, there, I did it today, I'm checked in. 
and a little momentum kind of grew from that. So I started posting pretty much as much as I could almost every day. And yes, you do. I actually <laughs> follow it every day. <laughs> I love it. I love it when I see, you know, the comments that come in. And as time has gone on, I've had comments from people who are saying, you know, I saw your workout today and, and I got up and I went for a walk. And I've had other people, yeah, that are saying, hey, you know what, um, I love what you're doing. It's, I'd love to see that you're still doing this. And, you know, how can I do that exercise differently? I'm definitely not a fitness um, instructor or anything like that. I think I've done pretty well on my own. I've lost over 50 pounds now and um, physically have challenged my body in sports in ways that I couldn't imagine. But it's been, for me, it started off just to keep myself motivated during this quarantine and keep myself accountable to my fitness. And what it's become through all these private messages I get is that I'm actually helping others and motivating others to become a better version for themselves or just have something to do that day in this quarantine that, you know, gives them something to, to challenge themselves and, and work goals through. And, and it's just been, I've been so flattered by the response I've had. Um, it's free. I don't like it. Not doing for anything other than myself was the initial thing, but now I feel accountable to other people of there's people that look forward to that in the day and and I don't care how they modify it how they change it to fit their own it's just the fact that some people who maybe didn't even have a fitness regime before COVID-19 are now having a you know that implemented into their lives because they've got the time and I had read somewhere and I and it I think it's kind of fitting in this is if during COVID-19 you don't try to accomplish something that you've always wanted to do it wasn't because you never had the time it was because you didn't have the motivation and desire so it's a really good opportunity for people that can push themselves to get those goals i mean i'm empathetic to other people that are struggling with this because it it is very hard for people emotionally and mentally to to have this uh, drastic change and i'm hoping that those people hey, reach out and, and if I can motivate you just to get up and go for a walk around the block and get some fresh air or sit in the backyard and do a couple of workouts and bring some positivity and some accomplishments throughout this, then that's an amazing gift for both of us. Right. And I have to say, personally, yeah, I've been looking at it going, yeah, this is something I could potentially do. One of the things I've learned is to use the resistance band. I've actually bought it like years ago and yeah. I've never used it. And then I saw you use some of it in your videos and your pictures and I go oh that's how you could use it in this way to exercise this muscle like to be honest and I was you know and then using it with my kids and I say hey like, <laughs> so awesome. it's great just that alone has been really beneficial personally for me another thing I was going to say is just seeing your workout really made it possible for me to think about what my workout could be so I don't have to be doing the same reps you're doing. Um, but I, by looking at it, I have something that I can go off, right? And say, okay, I can do, you know, number three and five and six is what she's doing. Yes. <laughs> and yes. maybe in less Absolutely. reps, right? Exactly. And, and that's okay. But at least then it's a reminder, like you said, for people to, to kind of get going, right? Physically. Absolutely. And the Absolutely. other thing, I think you brought up some really great points. Uh, I think the accountability when you said you, you started to hold yourself accountable, but then it became that you felt like you were accountable for others because there was some feedback that people were you know enjoying that and using it for their physical activity routines. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like pretty awesome. That's, you know, at some point when you first do this kind of things, when you're putting it out in the world, you're like, well, I don't even know if anyone's going to look at this it really doesn't matter because you're doing it for you <laughs> yeah, yes. right but it's wonderful when people are then starting to turn around and say jen wow thank you for doing this because now you're like doing for so many people out there and the ripple effect with the water right like Absolutely. Sure those people will be actually helping others as well to to make some changes in their life Absolutely. It's it's that that little pebble, right? And you don't know how far those those ripples go in the water. I've been posting to my Instagram, to my Facebook, and to a couple private groups on Facebook, one of them being a rugby group that is in, in like around the world of people in rugby. So we've right. broken into right. a little fitness group and we're throwing out those workouts. And I have had people that I've never spoke to before messaging me going, Oh, that's great. I saw your workout. And you know, we can all do it. And it everybody's Ability is different and that's okay. Everybody's size is different and that's okay. And, you know, a lot of 
things that I've done in my life in the last few years, I've realized if I look back years before I was, I, I said this to you before, as I, I looked at the mountain, I looked at the end goal and it was this massive unachievable climb. How am I ever going to get to the top of that? Like, I just, I can't do that. And my fitness was like that. I mean, at one point, um, the day I delivered my daughter, I was a hundred pounds heavier than I am now. And wow. it was just, it was devastating when they put me on that scale. And I said, I'm, I went, so at that point to look at saying, I want to go back to being fit. It was just, I didn't even know how I didn't have the money to go to a gym. I didn't have the money to get a personal trainer. I didn't have all that. And eventually it took me time to, to get to where I am now, where I said, you know what, there's resources and there's people out there that I can learn off of or look at. And, you know, I lost so many pounds over the years, obviously after having my kid, but then I was in the, like I said, in the last two, three years, I've lost 50 pounds and I'm a lot more fit. So I say to people all the time is, the goal today, if you want a fitness goal, if you, I don't even like a fitness goal because it's not about being thin or, or whatever. It's about being healthy and and strong. Yeah. And I think that women, if they strive to be strong physically, it will bring you that that strength on the on the inside as well. And but I could never get there because I was looking at this whole massive mountain, and I was looking at the pictures of or other women I knew that were super super fit, and I wanted to be that, or I wanted to be the runner and I wanted to play a sport and and I, I was so far from that. Then I finally told myself, you know what? I'm gonna get up today and I'm gonna buy a pair of running shoes. And and that was my win for the day. And that was the mountain that was the first level chopped off that mountain. And then the next uh -huh. level, well, I'm gonna go for a walk with the dog today. And that was the next level off the mountain. And I just that's how I've learned for what works for me is stop looking at this massive mountain. Just chop it down into little steps little ledges get to the next ledge get to the next ledge and before you know it, you're looking down going look how far i've come don't don't yeah. look at the top of that mountain but one day you're going to be at the top of that mountain going well look where i got to this is awesome i love what you just said you know break down that big hole into smaller chunks that's more manageable right absolutely and really holding yourself accountable for that one day at a time and, mm -hmm. and, uh, that's amazing Let's talk about that physical change and in combination with your career choice. Number one, I want to mention the fact that you're a policewoman, the fact that you're a first responder right now uh, in the COVID-19 situation. I just want to mention to all the first responders out there and healthcare workers out there, it's amazing the work that you guys are doing. Like you wow. guys out Thank there you. doing what you can for us, keeping us safe and healthy the best you can. And I And I know based on recent chats i know how much you guys put in how many hours you put in to into these work and especially now and wholeheartedly appreciate Aww. everything you guys do. thank you thank you well we really like speaking on behalf of everybody out there we do appreciate it and and you know it's the job that we signed up for we do it because we're passionate about it and i want to include those people that are forgotten in this and that's the people that are hold, have held down jobs through all of this to make sure that our lives can have food the people working at the grocery yeah. store people stocking shelves they did not choose jobs that were going to put their lives at risk they're not they didn't choose to be firefighters police officers um, construction workers that may fall off the top of high buildings they right. they didn't choose jobs that they ever thought were going to put their lives at risk i just you know i want to put on to that point that you made is as officers we are very cognizant of these people and you know when you have an opportunity to thank them please do because these 18 year old kids at walmart and other shops these you know these young children these women these men that are working in these stores to make sure the counter the shelves are full and that you can get your groceries and, and et cetera et cetera they didn't sign up for this risk right. but they kept going and I think that they deserve our respect, our thanks, and our support um, as much as everyone's been giving to the traditional first responders. So that first responder family in this COVID-19, we realize as first responders that it's been expanded and you know we respect them and we welcome them into it. And we thank them for what they've done as well. Oh, that's very well said, absolutely. And so let's talk about, I mean, it's, it's, it is a choice. Being a first responder is an absolute choice to start with. 
what brought you to that life? Because from what I heard, that wasn't your first career choice, right? You you transitioned into that somewhere in your life. And yeah. we'll talk about it because I think it's actually quite amazing, a story, um, how you transitioned, when you transitioned, and why you transitioned. Oh, yeah. It was uh, definitely nothing I'd ever thought of. Uh, I think a lot of people that are... Um, in my in my career or already uh, officers and whatnot they're a little shocked when they hear me say I didn't think about being a police officer it was never something I dreamt of I had young children and I was in relationship where you know you I worked and I just paid the bills and I had walked away years ago as a young woman of thinking about my career because I chose a, a path of being married and having children um, with no regrets no regrets but I also had to keep working to pay the bills. As time went on, I was working in a manufacturing company that put us all on layoff. I was 36 years old, about, as I said, about 50 pounds heavier than I am now. I had very young children. I was in a relationship that was uh, not ideal. And I was sat at home trying to figure out what's the next step of my life going to be. I had the opportunity to go back to this company but I started to just have doubts. I just started to, to say to myself, you know, I could be more. There's, there, there's, there's an opportunity here for me to, to change. The scary part was walking away from a really good paying job with benefits as a high school educated woman. I, that's the furthest education that I have. Is that, Where do I go? I didn't have money to go to school and just sat reading the newspaper one day and I saw an article that referred to hiring police officers and I felt this immediate, I just knew. I read this article, I got to the end of the paper, I went back and I reread the paper and I got to the same article and I knew with everything in my fiber that I was going to be a police officer. It had never crossed my mind before. It, other people have said it to me with my personality and my, I, I do love helping people. Other people over my life have said, you'd be good at that. You should do that. But I never took it seriously. I just never considered it until I saw that article. And I closed the paper and I said to my, my then partner, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to become a police officer. <laughs> and to their credit, they were supportive. Um, but I think it was like, a, okay, sure. <laughs> I was 35 at the time. Close yeah, to I was just going to say, I think, I mean, you mentioned two pieces of information that I thought was, you know, when I first heard the story was very inspiring. Number one, you were 35 at that point. And then you were 50 pounds heavier. So it's yeah. kind of like what you're, you know, you, you mentioned before uh, a big mountain, <laughs> you know, to, to, at that age with that weight and to think about to go to police academy, do mm -hmm. all of the, the schooling and all of that training and then become a police officer. I mean, not a lot of people would actually take that jump. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, you read that newspaper article, it inspired you. It would, light up a fire and you knew that that's kind of what you want to do. But then when you were starting to do it, was there any moment that there was any self-doubt? Absolutely. I, I would um, be a fool to sit here and not say that I had self-doubt. Um, I had so much self-doubt that I didn't tell anybody. The only person that knew what I was doing was my partner. And uh, I had told him, let's don't tell my kids. I, I didn't tell my family. I didn't tell anybody. I was so afraid of failing at my goal that I didn't want the embarrassment of the failure. So I kept it a secret and I just plugged away. I went out and I said, okay, what I want to have this happen. What do I need to do? So I went to the local police office and I said, okay, I'm, this is how old I am. This is my education. How do I do this? What do I need to do? Mm -hmm. And the local office here was very supportive and they said, okay, well, these are what you need to meet. This is the path you have to take. And your age and your life experience will speak wonders. So go for it. The fact that they didn't laugh at me and politely turn me away, I thought I might have a chance at this. So that would have been the day that I went out and bought those running shoes I mentioned earlier and thought, okay, how am I going to do this? I knew I had to run for some of the fitness tests. I had never run in my life, maybe in high school. I mean, I played soccer and I played basketball, but I was never track and field runner or anything like that. So I started running around my neighborhood. I had heard that I had to jump, jump a fence in the testing. So I started jumping the fence that was in the, the graveyard across the street. And I used my kids. This is the hilarious part. I'm way too honest for my own good. But again, I couldn't afford a fitness trainer. I didn't know what to do. There wasn't as much. 10 years ago, YouTube and, and Instagram was not what we have now. So I was trying to figure it out on my own. And I started using my kids' We Fit. 
Do you remember we? Yes, yes. Right? So I'd strap on the little module band things and I'd be doing the we fit in the living room and oh, I burned this many calories today and I got this many minutes. And I started to just piece it together that way and started to set small goals. And again, I took the mountain, which was I want to earn my badge and be working as a police officer. And I broke it down into small achievable goals. And I didn't do it. I have to be honest. I didn't do it at the time knowing that's what I was doing. I, I, I can't sit here and say, oh, I had this really well thought out plan. I, I don't usually have a really well thought out plan. I just usually get a crazy idea and work my way through it. And I did. I just started to, I bought the running shoes, started, I ran around the block one day. I started with the Wii Fit. And then someone told me, oh, so when you do the tasks, like, you know, you got to do the math and you got to, I said, well, well, wait, math? What? <laughs> and I, <laughs> I said, hold on, no, 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 you don't understand. I want to be a police officer. Like, yeah, you got to do math. And I went, no, no, a police officer. Like, you know, they drive the cars and, you know, they get a uniform and yeah, you have to do math. And, and that just, I basically in high school, they gave me my math credit just because they didn't want to see me in their class again and moved me to the next Aww. year. Like math is definitely not this girl's strong suit. So how do I overcome that? I went on, I think there was Kijiji ads and I found this retired math teacher and I would meet at the library and I, I had a couple of lessons. And again, I, he wanted to teach me like the, everything in math. And I said, sir, I respect this. I appreciate it. I'm on limited funds here and the limited amount of time. This is the math I need to know. Help me become really good at this. And I kept practicing the math until I was getting 96, 97% on those tasks. I wish I could have done that in high school. I didn't have the motivation then, I guess. Again, it was just breaking down that mountain. And that I, I love that. Like, you made a really good point, too. When you're really, truly passionate about something, and when you really have a purpose, and you really want to do that, you, know, you do whatever it takes to make it happen. Absolutely demonstrate it, just step by step. And, and like you said, you didn't even have to plan that. You just looked at what you're required to do, and you're... You're breaking it down and saying, okay, well, then today I'm going to do this. And next day I'm going to do that. <laughs> and, yeah, and checking those boxes off as you go along. That's Absolutely. It was a, an amazing journey. Putting together my application package was scary. I ended up going to a recruitment drive for the service that I now work for. I had put my application into the service, but had not been called for an interview at that time. And I was sat in the front row, dressed really nice and listening and writing notes and taking everything down. And they were giving tips on how to become a police officer and what they were looking for. And I love this part of my story because I think, again, it's just saying sometimes you got to put your neck out there and you got to take a chance and just believe in yourself in the moment and be a little crazy. So they had asked for somebody to stand up and talk about how they were planning or their path to becoming successful in the policing process. And I knew in that moment that at 36 years of age, with only a high school education that, as we've already said, my math wasn't that great, that my application package probably would get overlooked. But that moment was my moment to say, hey, look at me. So I made sure that when they said, is anybody in the audience willing, I was on my feet before they had a chance to select anybody, putting my hand up saying, I would love to share my story. And so I did. The but hold on a second, before, before you even go there, like, I mean, the fact that, yep. you know, have you done public speaking before? Is that something that you're really good at? Like, you know, so is that your, as soon as when somebody say, anyone want to speak and you're like, yeah, I'm not trying this, I could do this right now. Or was there a little bit of a moment in your head going, oh, do I really want to do this? <laughs> I, there's always that moment in my head that I'm embarrassed about what I'm about to do. However, I, I always blame it on being a Sagittarian is I've I just do. I do those things. I've I love karaoke. I love. I used to be in theater. I, I I'm okay with it now. When I'm ah, doing okay. it, the anxiety on the inside is huge. Mm. And and I think that a lot of people don't realize just because those people are up on stage and look like they're all comfortable and that doesn't mean that they're not nervous about it. I love how you address that. Yes, mm -hmm. I think you know even with preparation, they they yeah. still have that. Absolutely. And and again, it's just being honest with people is when I stand up or have to speak in front of crowds, I'll do it. I'll do it a million times over. But the funniest thing is because I'm a redhead is I will go blotchy red. And it, I can't hide that. And I've had people say to me, are you okay? You look like you're like breaking out in hives. And I'm like, that's just my anxiety of speaking in front of everybody. It'll go away. Don't worry. 
So it's, I go beat, beat red. Like my face will be almost as red as my hair. And it's, it's distracting because, you know, you can't physically hide that yet. But I'm like, I'm okay. I want to do this. Ignore the, the red blotchy face. Right. <laughs> so, so when you put up your hand in the front row and say, I want to speak and you stood up, was there a moment of that anxiety come up? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I remember clearly my, my the, the blotchiness starting on my chest and coming up my throat and me just saying to myself, hold it together, make your point. So before I stood up while they were talking, I, I took a piece of paper and in big letters, I wrote like four or five points that I wanted them to know about me. And the funny thing is, and this is a, this is a cheesy part of the story, but it, it's very true is when I left my house that night, I actually almost didn't go. And I, I forced myself to go. And I said, okay, my goal is I want to shake somebody's hand. And if they would say to me, it was nice to meet you, Jen, that was my goal for the night. And I ended up getting to speak in front of all the people that were responsible for hiring. So I did get that handshake and I did get, it was very nice to speak to you, Jen. What you said in front of everybody was, you know, very, they, they appreciated it. And so I, I achieved my goal. And I went home and I just felt like a million bucks. Like, wow, I did it. You know, I was proud of myself because it was, it was nerve wracking to stand in front of all these police officers and recruiters and a, an audience full of, I don't know how many people and put yourself out there. But sometimes you just got to take that risk. You know, I'm happy that I did because here I am now. I just had my 10th anniversary with the force. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Wow. What a journey you've been on though. It sounds absolutely amazing. And I think, you know, like you said, you had to overcome not only the physical part, there's also the challenge of the, the studies that you believe that you weren't good at, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and then there was a lot of odds against you. It was an incredible experience. I did put in some effort that I didn't know I had the ability to do. So I challenged myself and I, and I met my challenges. And, you know, the work that I put in, I was fortunate that it paid off and people noticed. So it's it, it taught me a lot about myself. And I also didn't realize it was someone else that had pointed out to me the impact it would have on my kids and that they're watching, even though they were little. I, I didn't tell them, actually, as I said. So they didn't know why I was all of a sudden doing all this running and, and studying. And I just, I don't know what I told them, what I how I distracted them with it. I didn't tell them until I got the phone call that I was hired. I went to their school and I told the principal, I said, I need to get my kids out of class because I have to tell them this news. And the principal was like, well, what's your news? So I told him and we were in a small area. So they, you know, they're like friends more than just principals and teachers. And he was so excited. The secretary is excited. So they dragged my kids out of class and I told them, hey, mommy's going to be a police officer. And I, they were shocked because <laughs> they had no Aww. idea. So yeah, it was, it was a great challenge. It was a great journey. And it's been 10 years of consistent challenges and a great journey. Uh, I've learned more about myself. I've learned more about the world. I, it's made me grateful for the life I've had, grateful for the life I'm creating. Um, you're always creating your life, but that never stops. But it's it's been the most challenging career I've ever had, absolutely. The only regret I had is if I'd known, you know, 10 years earlier, I just would have started 10 oh. years earlier. Yeah. But I mean, you didn't waste any time once you knew what your passion was. So being a police officer, can you tell us a little bit more about the additional challenges that you guys now face because of the situation of COVID-19? I, I think every officer, I shouldn't say I think, I know every officer I've spoken to, they don't care about getting it themselves. We're all pretty confident that we would get it. We would, you know, survive it, but we just don't want to be responsible for bringing it to someone else. And, right. and it's frustrating, whether that's your coworker or that's your spouse or your children or your parents. Uh, I think, you know, my mom did have COVID-19. She was in the hospital with it. And so to have had someone close to me have it, she survived um, barely. Thank you. Yeah, she we had. A, I mean, I was getting calls in the middle of the night a couple of times telling, you know, from the nurses telling me to text my mother our goodbyes because she wasn't going to make it through the night. And that was a, a very surreal experience. So I chose to, I mean, I, I dealt with that. My mom, thankfully, as I said, is home recovering, but I, I chose to take from that the positive 
side. I, I, I try to look the positive in, and I used to, you know, I used to be that person that'd be like, oh, I hate hearing these people talk about it. I chose to take the positive, and then I, then I got it, then I understood it, is we can sit and wallow in the negative. We can sit and just play and recreate all the negative parts of a story, but that's just going to spiral you down into this dark, dark place. So let's flip it. Yeah, that happened and it was bad, but what's the positive from it? The positive for us is it's definitely brought my brothers who were distant from me closer to my life. It's brought uh, a realization of my role in the family and how I help. It's brought a realization that, you know, we were fortunate to have been, uh, you know, this, this was put on our family and my mom struggled through it, but we were fortunate to come out the other end. And th there's just so much, the, the, the nurses in the situation, giving my mom their personal cell phones because hers didn't have data or didn't, you know, couldn't FaceTime. So there, there, there was there was so much good. The nurses were brilliant. The one uh, nurse that yeah. was there actually made my mom a photo album because my mom had said my daughter lives in Vancouver. So she said she wants to live to go see her granddaughter in Vancouver. Yeah. And this nurse actually made, I believe his name was Brian, actually made my mom a photo album of pictures of Vancouver. Oh, I mean, you know what? I, I, have to say, I mean, you and I had this uh, interview scheduled uh, a while ago but mm -hmm. canceled it due to my grandmother's situation as well um, right yeah right my with my grandma passing away due to covid so i totally yeah. understand what you're saying it, it really brought the family together and the other thing is the admiration i have for the doctors and the nurses that are in this right now not just the professional aspect mm -hmm. of caring for their um patients but they're also shouldering the emotional care Absolutely. So, Absolutely. you know, what you just said is an amazing example of that. We experienced, mm -hmm. a, you know, tremendous amount of care as well with the nurses and the doctors that we had for, for grandma. And, and so much respect and so much respect for you as well, like in, in the police Thank officers. You. It's yeah. just amazing what you guys do. Thank um, you. And it's amazing that you look at it so positively. Like, I mean, you guys are out there risking your life, do, dealing with all the stuff people would, would never imagine could even face, right? Mm -hmm. And you're dealing with it and you're being so positive about it. So much admiration for you guys. Thank you. I think I've always looked at it for myself and I know other people I work with is I've chose the field to meet people on typically what's the worst day of their life. And my family is going to have those worst days of their life moments. But if I can in some way be there and help someone through the worst day of their life in a positive way, I'm not going to make it better because it's the worst day of their life. But if I can hold their hand through it or can I get them through, then I'm happy with that. You know, right. I'm happy to, to take, because it is hard. Some of the stuff that officers deal with and see the environments that we're in, what's more difficult is the things that we can't help and, they can't, and we can't change for, right. for families. Those are, those are weights that stay with you as well. I do love what I do. I take from it a gratefulness of the good in my life. And I think that's the biggest thing my career has given me is I have a very good life. I had a lot of difficulty and struggle over the years with mm -hmm. relationships that weren't ideally what I'd hoped for. Um, mm -hmm. They had clouds of alcoholism and I'd say emotional abuse or, or whatnot. So I take from that, not a negative, but I take it as an experience and I bring that to my work and I can talk to people and, and I can understand what they're going through or what they're dealing with. I'm just learning to be very grateful. My pile of difficulties is a lot smaller than other people out there. And so I'll keep my pile of troubles and I will work through them because they could be so much worse. So again, I'm grateful for that. And if I can use the extra energy of positivity or kindness, then I, I, I will extend that to the stranger or to a friend or to the neighbor and be grateful. That, that my problems are what I have because they could be so much worse. Oh, that's amazing. Well said. Yes. Uh, you know, that's a great perspective to have. If you're going to compare something, compare how good a life you have. Do you have any favorite moments that you want to share? Favorite moments? Oh, there's, there's so many. I think on a positive note, I, I had dealt with a youth who had made some bad choices. And that's fine because the one thing I say in my career, I say it to a lot of people that I deal with is I realize that good people make bad choices sometimes. 
It doesn't make you a horrible person. It doesn't make you a quote unquote criminal. It just sometimes good people make mistakes. And I have these discussions a lot with the youths that I deal with. And, you know, we look for alternative options to help them through their scenario. Sometimes though, you have to arrest the person. You have to lay that charge. And there was one young man that I arrested. Doesn't matter the story behind it. And we had a very good conversation. And I said to him, what I've said to a lot of people is, this is a blip. This is a blip in your life, dude. So smarten up, learn from it and make some changes. I said, you're on a path and you're at a fork in the road. You got a choice. You go left, you go right. Maybe you turn back and go around. I don't know what that path is, but figure it out. Don't stay on the direction you're going because I'm telling you, you're just going to lose all these opportunities. And we had this long talk and I said to him what I said, good people make bad choices sometimes, but great people recognize that and fix it. So I said, one day, I said, come find me and tell me that you fixed it, okay? That's that's my goal here. I've said that to a lot of people because I mean it. It's it's I, I, When I was on the road, an officer on the road, I, I know I was known for these touching talks. And, you know, they would laugh Motivational at me. Motivational speaker on, yeah. <laughs> on <TV. laughs> yeah, you know, they would, they told it. They I, I was referred to as the mom on the shift, right? So they would say, come do your mom thing. I would get off, officers calling me and saying, could you come do that mom thing? And I go, what do you mean the mom thing? You know, when you talk to them and you, you just mom them and you, you do that mom talk. And I was like, okay, whatever. And so with this young man that I was telling you about, I happened to be working the front desk one day and he had to come in for whatever reason. And he recognized me and he was like, it's you, it's you. He goes, I never thought I'd see you again. And he got so excited. And he goes, I remembered everything you said. He goes, he goes I'm in college now. He goes, you, and he was so excited. And I think if he could have jumped across the counter, he would have hugged me. And he said, I remembered what you said. And I am a good person. And, and I'm in college now. And I'm doing really well. And that that just still still is a vivid memory. And that is a huge win for me. I could not tell you this young man's name. I don't know that I'd ever see him again. But to know that, you know, my efforts in that moment, again, not a great day in his life. And I had to do my job. But I, I was able to sit and talk to him and that he heard me, he heard that message of, okay, just move on from this. You know, yeah. this doesn't have to be you. This is just good. You made a dumb choice, fix it. And that was a huge, huge win for me. So that's that's one story that comes to me a lot when I think about the positive parts of my job, for sure. Oh, that just melted my heart. Just when you're talking about how he reacted, just I was picturing in my head. Yeah. Um, wow. That's, that's yeah. amazing. Yes. The impact that you have, you never know. And, and then mm -hmm. the ripple effect of that, right? And now he's taking that out, um, you know, probably using that and momming other people. Yeah. <laughs> That was my superpower. <laughs> that was my superpower on the road was that I was a mom and I could uh, tell people I love it. I was a mom. So I love it. embrace your superpowers. They might not always be the one you want. You know, it might not be the power of invisibility or the power of super strength. But when you realize what your superpower is, listen, you know, just take embrace it and go with it. That's wonderful. I love your superpower. <laughs> talking about superpowers. Mm -hmm. Um, a great segue, actually. I've seen you as a superhero. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, Captain uh, Marvel, you have. <laughs> so, so Jen comes to one of the Rugby League Toronto Wolfpack games. Uh, that, that was a superhero day. Um, yeah. In full superhero outfit. <laughs> and it's very fitting, by the way. It looks beautiful on you. And you look Thank like you. super hero in action uh. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely I have to thank my cohort my best best friend in life Wendy because she bought that costume saying the wolf pack's having superhero day I'm going to be that cat and you're going to be this costume and she had let herself into my house and left it on the counter and it was in the tiniest package ever and I was like have you lost your mind but we put those costumes on we showed up to the stadium and as you know nobody else was dressed quite like we were <laughs> Hey, you you ladies look phenomenal. Like it was it was absolutely amazing. You ladies yeah. own the day. It was fantastic. I remember Wendy saying to me, Do you want to go back to the car and change? And I said, Nope. I said, you know what? Stand tall, shoulders back, chin up. Let's own this. Let's go in and have the best day of our life. And that day from start to finish definitely is a day that has been one of the best days of our lives. It's it's <laughs> 
such a great memory. We met so many people. People thought we were hired to walk around as superheroes. So we've had a, my pictures and Wendy's picture have been taken with so many people. We the kids were you know coming up and hugging us. One of the best compliments I got was from the one of the players daughters who was like four years old and she she got up close to me and she looked at me and she goes you're so beautiful and I I just was done I was like this is the best day ever four-year-old little girl she just and she I was carrying her around for the longest time she just didn't want to leave my side it was it was a great day yeah superhero day <laughs> yeah absolutely I remember it's a very memorable day <laughs> and, uh, enjoy taking pictures with you ladies as well <laughs> That's right. We've got some great pictures we from have. that day. You, you, I, Wendy, and Cher, we have a lot of pictures, a lot of uh, great events yeah. that have come together there for sure. Yeah, a lot of great memories. Um, I've always been drawn to your energy, seriously, Jen. And you have, like, now it's obvious why, because I think there's a lot of kind of alignment with values and how you look at life, and, and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and oh. I know for rugby, you also have an incredible story. Uh, <laughs> uh, that I think you could share with everybody. I was approached at an event in Toronto by a young girl, Mackenzie, and she is a rock star in all of rugby. She's probably 20 years younger than me. And she approached me and she said, hey, you look pretty fit and strong. Do you ever play rugby? And I laughed and said, no. <laughs> and I said, I'm pretty sure, you know, I... I would never be good at that or whatever. And the conversation went on and she said, you should come out to practice. And I was looking at this young girl thinking, I'm her mom's age. Like, what is this woman thinking? You know, <laughs> and, and just like laughing it off. And she kept coming at me going, no, you should come out. You should come out. You're, you're fit. You're strong. You got muscles. Like, come on, you love it. She goes, I've seen you at rugby before. So I know you like it. I said, but I could be your mom. <laughs> <laughs> So when we established that I was 45 and she indeed was 25, she just laughed and she goes, I don't care. She goes, I like you. Come on out. I went, and let's put some context around Mackenzie. Mackenzie, yeah, she's yeah. the captain of Canada's rugby league national team. Canada Absolutely. I did not know that at the time. Right. <laughs> I did not know that. I just That's thought it was some girl that played rugby on a beer league and a casual thing. So I had no idea who, I didn't know who she was. Did she, just I'd seen her a couple of times but in passing at events and didn't give a thought to it. Yeah, she, she she told me where to come to practice. So I showed up to the first practice and then there was men there, literally old enough to be all these people's mother. And I, I'm just like, why am I here? What have I done? And I'm there because again, Wendy, my best friend said, do it, do it, just go for it. And I was like, yeah, I should, what have I got to lose? So practice one, everybody was wonderful. I mean, I, the men, the women, all like absolutely just took me in, showed me the basics. I ran through all the drills and I messed up and I didn't know what I was doing. And they took it in stride and they just built me up. Went to second practice, same thing. But in second practice, I caught the ball wrong and I dislocated my finger. And I was so embarrassed. I didn't want to tell anybody. So I looked down and my finger was not facing or turned the way a finger should. So I put it back into place without anyone noticing. It hurt like anything. And I just went right back to practice. And so I was like, okay. So I kept going and then more people started showing up. And and I and I was struggling to learn. One thing to watch it, but another thing to, to learn. And I know that if you meet a rugby player, they're passionate about what they do. And I don't want to slow them down or screw them up. But I've also learned uh, the, the community and the family of rugby are some of the most supportive people you'll meet. They want you to succeed. Yes. I don't think I have experienced something to that level. I finally said, Mackenzie, okay, these are these practices are great and we're getting a few minutes at the end to do like a, a run through or a scrimmage. So, but are you guys going to actually, like, are we going to actually have games? And she looked at me kind of funny and she was, well, yeah, we do. She was, but we're not going on tour till September. And I said, you go on tour? And I was like, what kind of beer league is this? And, <laughs> and, and she looked at me kind of with this look and she was, no. And I go, well, what team is it? She was, it's the Ravens. And I went, I, I, do they play in Toronto? No, no, it's Canada's national team. And I, there was this awkward silence. And I went, what, what do you mean by that? She goes, you know, like Team Canada? Well, this is Team Canada Rugby League Ravens women. And I was, well, hold on a minute here. How did I get here? She said, yeah. She goes, you know what? You're putting in the effort and we want you to be part of the team. 
I was as even now telling you this, I still don't know. I feel like I was in a third dimension of reality. And I said, but I'm not good at this at all. <laughs> she said, you're, you're coachable and you have the desire and you'd be great. You'd be great on the team for the other women. Aww. We want you to be part of it. I just then felt this young woman who I have so much respect. And I thought if this young woman that's closer to my daughter's age, sees something in me, I got to see this through. I got to do this. And so I took it on and kept going and sadly through practices and trying to learn how to be tackled properly and how to tackle, I ended up taking a, a bad fall. My foot went underneath me and was cracked, went to the doctors a couple of days later, they x-rayed it, they missed the break. So I went to practice every week and ran around with torn tendons, ligaments and a broken foot. And I would get about an hour into our two hour practice and the pain would be too great. Every single one of them checked in with me. So I didn't actually think that the games for Team Canada, I was going to play in because I was so injured. Oh, and then I cracked a rib. There was that too. <laughs> actually, finally, the, the team physio said to me, I want you to go and get a bone scan. And this was about a week before we were flying out uh, on this tour. So I got the bone scan and the doctor knew the whole story. And he, and he said, you've been running on it all summer. And I said, yes. And he, he just shook his head and he goes, I don't know how you did it. He goes, because I hate to tell you, but your foot's broken. Yeah. So they gave me an air cast and I thought, that's it. Not going to get to play my games. And I spoke to my coach and physio and the coach says, you're coming with us. So I put my air cast on and I got on that flight with the men's uh, Wolverines team, the women's Ravens team as a registered player. And I, I was, you know, a registered Raven, I got my kit, my Jersey and every man and woman on that tour treated me like an equal and I went to every you know training session I played in two games mm -hmm. so the only two games in my life of rugby that I have ever played has been for Team Canada <laughs> in another country and I earned two international caps. I'm gonna put out there we're not recommending people to be doing heavy lifting and exercising while their body's broken uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was your own journey <laughs> this is my journey and I pushed myself just to do it but you know what I got more out of it I made the most amazing friendships yeah. and to say that a 45 I know 46 but a 45 year old woman on tour with people that varied from their like 19 up to maybe mid 30s, most of them being in their early yeah. 20s. I cannot tell you how proud I was to be a part of that. The people on both teams, the men and women were phenomenal. They, they're my family now. I still keep Aww. in touch with them. I'm so proud of them. We've, we've built the best relationships and friendships. Yeah, congratulations. What a, what an amazing journey. So what's next with Jen? I've been thinking about a few things and saying that I need a new goal. I started uh, doing some 5K runs. I was definitely encouraged by someone that I'd met in my life to challenge myself with runs. And that was another gift given to me by another person, which I've taken. So I can't wait till we can do some comp competitive runs again. So that's been my fitness goal. I want to spread that message of believe in yourself and challenge yourself. I don't know what it's going to be yet. I want to be a voice or, or be that little whisper in someone's ear of, you can do this. Go right. do this. Try it. I just, I feel like there's something about to, to happen and it's yep. just not clear to me yet. Yeah, you'll, you'll come to you, but you definitely mm -hmm. got that from, you know, what we were talking about uh, at the beginning about mm -hmm. your, right? Just in that, that yeah. alone. You know, we put a lot of expectations on people in our life to bring happiness into our world. And that's only going to lead to massive disappointment. And that's something I've learned and I, and I would like to share with people is put the expectations, small ones on yourself. Don't look for other people for your happiness. You are that fountain of challenge and happiness and it's within yourself. And when you rely on yourself to make that day a good day and you're not putting expectations on your spouse your children your family you become responsible so it's response i'm responsible to get up and go challenge myself and and have a win today right. and what i've learned from that is when you start to 
focus on yourself, be a little selfish. Selfish is not necessarily a bad word. Your energy changes. What I'd like to share with people is take care of you. And then other people will appreciate that. And you're going to invite positive energies into your circle. Love it. So we're down to the last segment Mm -hmm. in search of true fulfillment. So what we want to do with this is short answers to these Mm -hmm. three questions, about 10 words or a short sentence. How do you define success? I define success in the effort I put in my journey. Success isn't always achieving the end goal. It's celebrating the effort you put into trying to get to that goal. Amazing. And yeah, your journey does speak for that. (laughs) Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What is happiness to you? Happiness to me is gaining back my independence and being able to look in the mirror and know that I am enough. Great. Well said. What is one thing that you would tell everyone to take away from your story that could potentially ignite or help them harvest their inner sparks? The change that you're seeking in your life is not going to come by somebody knocking on your door and giving you the answer because the answer is inside of you and it is exactly your inner spark. So listen to that inner spark and add fuel to the fire and do what it is that makes you happy. That is your only responsibility. And from that, the example you will set for your children and your friends will inspire them to chase down their inner spark. Oh, I love that. Thank you very much, Jen. No, you're welcome. A pleasure being your friend. (laughs) I am so excited that our worlds have collided because you've brought a lot of positivity. You've cheered me on through my journey of of rugby and that meant the world to me. So yeah, I'm, I'm, again, like what a wonderful, wonderful gift. So it's been great. Thank you so much. Oh, and, mm-hmm. and really, I think positive attracts positive, and it's good to have that support system for each other. Wonderful. It's amazing speaking with you. Always great energy. Thank you for sharing all of your stories. So inspiring. Makes me want to go out and exercise more now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amazing. Congratulations on the successes that you've had in your career you. and in your personal journey. It's amazing. Thank you very much, and best of luck in your next phase of your journey. Well, thank you. And thank you for looking into yourself and and starting this. I think inner sparks is important. I think that you're going to touch a lot of people. And again, you give off a wonderful, great vibe, a great energy, and you have people, you know, are that are drawn to you because of that. So you are putting out a huge positive into that into this world and at a much needed time. So keep being you because you're pretty freaking awesome. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you, Jen. Your thoughts on this episode is encouraged on all our social media sites, which are listed in the podcast description. If you have any feedback on this podcast, the social media sites, and this network as a whole, please feel free to email me at ourinnersparks at gmail.com. Should you or someone in your life have an inspiring story you would like to see shared in our network? please feel free to email me with a nomination for future features. Again, the email is ourinnersparks at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Inner Sparks Featured Stories.